The views expressed on the following program are not necessarily those of this radio station or Delta Media Corporation. But we bet you'll like them. I'm back in the saddle again. Checking in from the right side of Acadiana, seeking truth. I want the truth! Yes! Justice. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. Yes! And a whole lot of freedom to have fun. Winning, winning, winning. Yes! Oh, behave. This is the Rush Report. So, you guys talk a lot, including today, about how the border wouldn't be such a big deal if Congress would have just passed your immigration bill on day one. Who was in charge of Congress on day one? And how is President Biden ever going to convince the three-quarters of voters who are worried about his physical and mental health that he is okay, even though in Las Vegas he told the story about recently talking to a French president who died in 1996. All right, thanks, guys. I just hate stupid people. Thank you. <laughs> they should have to wear signs and just say, I'm stupid. That way you wouldn't rely on them, would you? You wouldn't ask me anything. Be like, excuse me. Oh, never mind. I didn't see your sign. It's like for my wife and I moved from Texas to California. Our house is full of boxes. There's a U-Haul truck in our driveway. My friend comes over and goes, hey, you moving? Nope. We just pack our stuff up once or twice a week. Just see how many boxes it takes. Here's your sign. I can't take it the picture. Here's your sign. Here's your sign. Last time I was home, I was driving around. I had a flat tire. I pulled my truck on one of those side of the road gas stations. The attendant walks out, looks at my truck, looks at me. I swear to God, he went, tire go flat? I couldn't resist. I said, nope. No, I was driving around. Those other three just swelled right up on me. Here's your sign. Here's your sign. Here's your sign. I was watching one of those animal shows on Discovery Channel. There was a guy inventing a shark bite suit. There's only one way to test that. All right, Jimmy, got that shark suit on. Looks good. They want you to jump in this pool of sharks, and you tell us it hurts when they bite you. Well, all right. Hold my sign. I don't want to lose it. I can't get the picture. Love this song. We're not dealing with the planet of eggs. We're talking about the modern man. So you people with them itsy bitsy teensy witsy tiny minds. 
Here's your sign. We were trying to sell our car about a year ago. Guy came over the house, drove the car around about 45 minutes. We get back to the house, he gets out of the car, reaches down, and grabs the exhaust pipe. And goes, damn, that's hot. See? If he'd been wearing a sign, I could have stopped it. So you people with the mitzi pitsy teensy witsy tiny minds. Here's your sign. Here's, Here's your, your sign. sign. <laughs> oh, you gotta love it. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, never get tired of that song. It is so much fun. But that, that, uh, oh my gosh, that video, every time Peter Ducey asks that woman, <laughs> KJP, oh my God, every time he asks her a question, I mean, she just blows it. She gets, she gets so irritated. She cannot answer because he's absolutely correct. We're at this from day one, you know, day one. Well, from day one, you had control. You had control for the first two years. You didn't do anything from day one. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, we're done here. Oh, man, I'll tell you. You just, you, 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 you can't make it up. You don't have to make it up. It's so insane as it is. All right, so then, you know, we were talking about numbers yesterday, right? The numbers. And and the only numbers that the politicians pay attention to are their poll numbers. And they weren't paying attention to the border at all until the poll numbers started going down and down and down. And when you look at the differential between Biden and Trump just on immigration, remember, that was the key issue that got Trump elected in 2016. And I want to tell you, uh, you know, we talk about the Democrats being the corrupt party and the Republicans being the stupid party. In this case, they were the stupid party because they let the border go berserk. Just complete chaos, insanity, to where even the mainstream media is now having to report on it, much as they did their best not to. And so you see the numbers going the wrong way. I mean, the difference between Trump and Biden just on immigration is stunning. It's like a 40 or 50 point difference. It is unbelievable. I think it's about a 40 point difference. I I don't want to exaggerate, but that's pretty stunning as it is. So then you look at the other numbers that that most of us are paying attention to they keep saying inflation is inflation is being tamed you know inflation is in good shape that's why jerome powell's not gonna you know raise the interest rates or anything like that because inflation is really in good shape here's here's how your inflation is doing since old joe took office overall prices are up over 17 percent over over 70 percent but then you look at food prices Food prices are up over 20%. Rent, rent expenses for people, over 19%. Electricity, about 25%. And there's a great story about how they're hiding the numbers and it's hitting the fan over in Europe because they wanted to be, you know, totally green. They wanted to really be uh, leaders in the Green New Deal and all that. And so the utilities, especially in England, they got a lot of wind blowing across old England. The, the the aisles there and and even at that they had to inflate the numbers and the people were not getting the electricity they were paying for because they were inflating the numbers so you see the numbers are going to tell the story one way or the other and most of the time most of the time they can't they just can't ignore the numbers But once it starts impacting them on their poll numbers, then they pay attention. So that's what's happening at the border. That is the one and only reason that 
they're even pushing back on that board by, uh, border bill that did that failed that failed and it should fail and now the word is M- McConnell can't stand to be owning it and I saw that Weasley press conference that he did and now he's throwing Langford under the bus and now Langford is trying to say that it's you know it's really good because the Wall Street Journal and and uh, the United States Chamber of Commerce came out and said well it's better than nothing well nothing from nothing is nothing frankly and I flunked remedial math so I know that this this is not playing well at all and the big blue cities well the most brilliant move ever made was when Abbott and DeSantis started shipping these people into those big-hearted sanctuary cities so that they could understand what the border states were going through Abbott and DeSantis deserve they deserve when Trump gets in there he ought to give them the Presidential Medal of Freedom for making this real they made the border crisis real in the big blue cities all around the country who fancied themselves sanctuary cities aren't we so thoughtful and we're so caring until until they had to deal with it the way the southern border cities had to brilliant move they both deserve a medal for that all right we have so much to talk about. And tomorrow we are going to be downtown. Yeah, we're going to be broadcasting live downtown. And it's all thanks to our good friends at Beale and Bear attorneys. We're going to try to get uh, Lance on, talk about a few things too. You know, so many legal issues out there. Oh, my Lord. It's just, it just never ends, does it? So, um Beale and Abe are going to be our sponsors tomorrow when we take the Ross Report on the road. Not not that far. I mean, we're going to be downtown. So we want to thank our friends over at Beale and Abear, Acadiana's hometown lawyers. Nestled in the heart of downtown. They're at 600 Jefferson. We're going to be just a block down the road tomorrow broadcasting from downtown Lafayette. So if you want to come by and visit, we'd love to see you. And Lance and the gang over there at Bill and Abear, we thank you very much for making it possible. We also thank our Patriot sponsors who make this program possible every single weekday. We are so deeply grateful for that. Service Chevrolet Cadillac, MPW Properties, Acadiana Garage Doors, United Tile, Kishwell Construction, Dinos and Prejeans, and we have a hotline, you bet, 337-706-0113, 706-0113, brought to you by the great folks at CLB, the Community Bank. We'll be right back. Don't go away. blast from the past we're going to play this uh, periodically yeah mm-hmm. we have put together i think the most 
extensive and inclusive voter fraud mm -hmm. organization mm -hmm. in the history of American politics. Mm -hmm. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Yeah, he finally he told the truth one time. Hey, hey. So here, here it comes out. Uh, you, you think, you know, everybody, they're charging Trump with something that J.D. Vance and a whole bunch of other people said, yeah, they should have halted the count and the certification on the 2020 election because of all the things that people knew but couldn't prove. Well, now it's being proven. It's all over, all over breaking. FBI and DOJ were made aware of election fraud being committed in Detroit, Michigan during the 2020 election. And this is according to documents that were obtained with a Freedom of Information Act request. Uh, and the bunch of, of course, some of it's redacted. They're protecting people. But they found a whole bunch of documentation uh, about this election fraud. It was suppressed, of course, as it always was. It always was. And then you see the, the story by Julie Kelly. Now, Julie Kelly has been keeping up with everything uh, having to do with J6. You know, she's been, she's interviewed a whole bunch of people. She kept an eye on all of it. Well, Julie Kelly, she writes in real clear investigations about, well, the FBI tainted Whitmer kidnap plot. I mean, the FBI had its dirty little fingerprints on all of this stuff. All of it. I mean, that go back, goes back to when uh, Comey was in there. You know, he had to fire Christopher Steele who was the author of the phony baloney steel dossier, which Hillary and the DNC bought and paid for the DNC under, uh, you know, uh, what was it? Blabbermouth Schultz, Debbie Blabbermouth Schultz, as Rush used to call her, the late, great Rush Limbaugh, Debbie Wasserstein Schultz. So between the DNC and Hillary, they, they funded all of this fake stuff, the steel dossier. And the FBI used it even though they knew it was fraudulent and they knew there was elective election fraud going on in the 2020 election i mean how how many times do they have to be implicated in this stuff for people to start taking it seriously so now julie kelly writes this in-depth really in-depth report for real clear investigations the fbi tainted Whit whitmer kidnap plot we've talked about it but there is, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there that we've heard next to nothing about. Now, there was a, I don't know if you saw it, I didn't, I do not watch CNN. But apparently Julie, Julie Kelly quotes a fiery exchange uh, that CNN anchorwoman Abby Phillip told GOP presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy that there was no evidence to support his claim that federal agents abetted protesters at the Capitol on January 6th. And he shot back that the FBI conspicuously has never denied that law enforcement agents were on duty in the crowd. And that is true. That is true. And he argued that federal officials have repeatedly lied to the American people about not only that investigation, but one that got a lot much, a lot much less attention. The alleged failed plot to kidnap and kill Gretchen Whitmer. Remember, the first trial ended in a mistrial because of the entrapment. 
the entrapment. Most of the people involved in that plot were FBI agents. Now, him, Ramaswamy, zeroing in on the Michigan case in that interview, highlighted, according to Julie Kelly, uh, a pretty uncharacteristic development in politics where progressives vigorously defend law enforcement (laughs) and the conservatives are viewing it with deep suspicion. The tables have turned with good reason. With good reason. Those people at the at the highest echelons, Bill Barr was compromised, Comey was compromised, Durham was compromised, all of them were compromised. And you saw it in the exchanges between uh, Strzok and Page. Uh, you saw it in the uh, what McCabe did. I'm telling you, it's one thing right after the other that has truly undermined our confidence. We used to have confidence. We used to believe in the FBI in the highest levels of law enforcement. We don't believe anymore. Is that a tragedy to have so little belief? Then I started digging around with this guy, um, last name Bloom, can't remember, I think it's Harold Bloom. Anyway, I was, I've, I've been seeing some of his quotes on the internet. So I started digging around. What? This guy was in the CIA. This guy was in the CIA and he absolutely blew the whistle. He, he wrote a book called The Rogue CIA. And, oh, my Lord, and implicated the CIA in much of the unrest provoked around the world. So, you know, all those times that you defended our government, well, well, maybe, maybe Mr. Bloom was right. Maybe Warren Cottle was right. Warren couldn't stand the Bushes and the globalists way back when, before we were even aware of what the movement looked like. But Warren knew. He was there for the fall of Saigon. He knew what happened. He was guarding the embassy, I believe, in the fall of Saigon. So, I, yeah, it's distasteful to see all of this. Um, Ramaswamy linked January 6th and the Whitner, Whitmer plot, and that resonated because the two episodes exposed how the FBI's reliance on informants and other paid operatives just went off the rails so many times. You know, the, the, these arrests about her in uh, in 2020, late 2020, weeks before Election Day, you know, she, she talked about these men planning to kidnap and assassinate her and blah, 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 right before Election Day. And, of course, the Democrats, including Whitmer, used the news of the plot to blame Trump. Again, blame Trump for inciting violence. And Joe Biden, of course, got up there great American that he is, commended the FBI for thwarting the abduction plan. And in a written statement issued the same day, claimed that there is a line from President Trump's dog whistles and tolerance of hate, vengeance, and lawlessness to plots such as this one. Can this man ever shut up about this stuff? And the way they use the word MAGA as though it's a curse word, when you and I know what it truly means and what it means to a lot of people, at least half the country, who voted for Donald Trump. And of course, as Julie Kelly points out, in the years since the election, the national press has given little attention to the case. And in spite of the fact that there were enough court documents that show this was something more sinister than what they were talking about. And instead of a heroic effort by the FBI to safeguard the country from domestic terrorists, it now appears to have been a broad conspiracy by law enforcement. 
to entrap American citizens who held unpopular political views. Uh, by the way, you've seen the expansion of the contention about Biden being against the First Amendment. Great report in the Wall Street Journal, because you know what's coming up in March. Missouri v. Biden is the lawsuit brought by attorneys general of Missouri and Louisiana because of the trampling of First Amendment rights on social media. Well, what do you think happened here, too? Trampled on First Amendment rights to make sure that the true story of January 6th, of the Whitmer plot, of whatever, whatever didn't fit the narrative, the true story was suppressed. But we've been talking about it. I don't know how long we've been talking about it. For at least a couple of years, almost since it happened. The FBI's tactics were exposed by BuzzFeed in uh, July 21. Uh, reporters Ken Bensinger and Jessica Garrison talked about the, you know, the details, startling details. So y- y- don't look at the press release. Look at the court documents. That's where you really get the truth. And in the court documents detailing that a number, the number of FBI confidential human sources involved in the scheme was equal, guess what, to the number of defendants. This was entrapment, pure and simple. That's why the first trial ended in a mistrial, but of course the government, having been uh, embarrassed, had to come back and get another bite at the apple. Julie Kelly does such great reporting. We're going to share the rest of it with you after this break. We have to take a break for the news, for more news. And we'll be right back on the Ross Report. Don't go away. War is not the answer, for only love can comprehend. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love and get here today. So here's here's the continuation of the story because it gets it is absolutely bizarre. So yeah, BuzzFeed had the first account of the entrapment operation, but Real Clear Investigations and Julie Kelly, along with details revealed in the court filings and trial proceedings, that's where you go to find out what really happened. It all makes the operation sound like something out of a Hollywood script: secretive cash payouts. Drug and booze-fueled parties, a convicted wife-beating FBI investigator, really? Really? A career felon revealed as a longtime FBI asset and later accused of acting as a double agent? A dramatic takedown scene at the end? Oh, yeah. Hollywood couldn't have scripted this any better. Now, public defenders representing the accused have identified at least 12 FBI informants and three undercover FBI agents managed by FBI officials in numerous field offices were responsible for framing these guys. Now, look, Christopher Seal had been so discredited. The reason I go back to that is because the FBI knew he was discredited. He had lied. They knew he was making stuff up and he was collecting money from them. That's why they fired him. So then when uh, GPS, you know, picked him up, and uh, and Steele and uh, but the dossier was put together by them, 
uh, GPS and, and steel, and it was bought and paid for by the DNC and the Hillary campaign. They knew what they were getting. They knew what they were getting. And they used it and promoted it anyway. These people have no ethics. No, they're so corrupt. It is unbelievable. So, yes, relating to what happened in 2016, 2020, and this, and then J6, seriously? Mm-mm. So, undisputed evidence in the court documents uh, let you, it, it, it well established that government agents and informants concocted, hatched, pushed the kidnapping plan from the beginning, and they did so against defendants who explicitly repudiated the plan. That's what the defense lawyers wrote in a motion. And when the government was faced with evidence, this is a quote from the court filing showing that the defendants had no interest in a kidnapping plot, it res- they refused to accept failure and continued to push their plan. At the center of the action was the FBI's ringleader, Dan Chappelle, or Chapel, 34 years old at the time, an Iraq War veteran and a contract truck driver for the Postal Service. Now, according to the official story, Chappelle joined a group called the Wolverine Watchmen in early 2020 to burnish his firearm skills. Members generally interacted on social media, and the government claimed Chappelle became alarmed at an alleged scheme chatter online about killing police and he took his concerns to a friend in law enforcement in march of 2020 a week later he's an informant poof the fbi (laughs) i dubbed the informant and over the course of the next seven months he ingratiated himself with the men uh his eye particularly was on uh the the guy fox one of the one of the defendants guy by the name of let me think what is his name yeah, Adam Dean Fox, that was his name. So he in, ingratiated himself with them, with this guy Fox, who was supposedly the mastermind of the plot. And the media portrayed Fox as a military leader prepping an army of white supremacists to overthrow state governments around the country. He was He was a homeless man living in a dilapidated basement of a vacuum repair shop without running water or a toilet in a Grand Rapids strip mall and one co-defendant referred to him as captain autism this is the mastermind that the fbi wants us to believe put this whole thing together i mean people you can't make this stuff up i swear to god it's like stop it blah blah can't stop laughing (laughs) so here's this guy homeless guy living in a vacuum repair shop they call him captain autism and he's supposedly the mastermind that the that the uh, fbi is pushing out there uh his lawyer said that this guy Chappelle, who was the fbi informant positioned himself as kind of a father figure to this fatherless and destitute guy and they exchanged thousands of texts and Chappelle drove Fox Captain Autism who did not own a car to various meetups and staged events while recording every minute of what was happening to preserve it as evidence against this poor guy on at least 
on at least three occasions, according to the testimony at the trial, not what the media is saying, not what anybody's putting out there in a press release. No. According to the testimony, Chappelle offered Fox a prepaid credit card authorized by the FBI with a $5,000 limit to help him buy guns and ammunition. Seriously? Anybody? Any, anybody? Uh, uh, Fast and Furious? Anybody? Uh, what was that? Windwalker? What was that? Those gun, those, uh, selling those guns so we could track the guns. So Chappelle's give him, gives him a prepaid credit card. $5,000 limit to help him buy guns and ammo. And Fox, listen to this. Despite being broke, homeless, living in a repair, a vacuum repair shop and being called Captain Autism, despite all that, he turned down the money every time it wasn't just that he also had to go use the bathroom at like a local pizza joint like it was bad and i didn't know about the captain autism thing there's a lot of stuff she has in here that we we knew the overall outlines of the plot but not the specifics specifics are are despicable just that hugh daffy i mean these people are despicable for doing this to this man come on yeah there you go daffy thank you Chappelle was known, the FBI guy, who drives a postal service truck and was recruited by the FBI to put this whole thing together, just just in case you forgot. That's who he is. He's known as Big Dan. Big Dan created encrypted, encrypted chats, gave real-time access to his FBI handlers, working out of the, the FBI office in Detroit <laughs> as this plan unfolded. I bet they couldn't believe themselves how goofball this stuff was, and here it was going forward. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna kidnap the governor. Yeah, that's a ticket. That's a ticket. And then we're gonna, and then we're gonna assassinate her. Yeah. Oh, Captain, my Captain. Mm-hmm. And then they were mulling over how to blow up a bridge outside Whitmer's summer cottage, kill her security detail, take her to a nearby boat launch, and abandon her in the middle of Lake Michigan, <laughs> or bring her across the lake to Wisconsin to stand a citizen's trial over her COVID-19 lockdown policies. Honest to goodness, you have to laugh. It, it's completely bizarre. The whole thing is so bizarre. And and at one point, they discussed using a military helicopter. Now, where the hell were they going to get a military helicopter? The, what? Yeah, this they, sounds okay. like a Looney Tunes. It is a like, Looney Tunes. Well, it's totally Looney Tunes. What? Yeah, so, so anyway... <laughs> so demonstration a demonstration at the michigan state capitol in lansing on april 30th of 2020 might well have been a law enforcement dress rehearsal for january 6th because remember what we said they were embedded in all of these organizations for at least a year in advance maybe more proud boys oath keepers this group Right, the Wolverines, whatever, wilderness Wolverines, whatever they call themselves, goofballs, goombas, knuckleheads, I don't know. But here's this guy, I mean, he's he's entrapping them. No wonder the first trial, I mean, the government was so embarrassed at the mistrial in the first one that they had to come back. Now, that demonstration, a lot of people believe, well, at least in Rear Clear Investigations and Julie Kelly, they think it might have been a law enforcement dress rehearsal for January 6th. Chappelle traveled to the event with three members of the Watchmen, the Wolverine Watchmen, uh, to later uh, 
the three of them who were later held on uh, on some charges, some state charges. And some protesters were clad in military gear and carried firearms, but couldn't enter the building. And when Chappelle told his FBI handler what was happening, the FBI ordered the Michigan State Police to stand down and allow protesters inside. Now, did the FBI tell the Capitol Police to stand down and allow the protesters inside? Hmm. Hmm. I will, I will give you time to ponder that. And we'll finish this goofball story when we come back after this break on the Ross Report. Do not go away. Do not, I'm going to try to get through it without laughing too much because really it is seriously awful to think that this happened. But I'm telling you, the FBI, what? Oh man. I mean, they undermine their credibility at every turn. We'll be right back. So they're uh, they're practicing for January 6th by doing the same kind of thing in Michigan, right, at the Michigan Capitol. Um, but the incidents took on even greater significance when we found out that Stephen D'Antono, head of the Detroit FBI field office during the Whitmer caper, well, he was promoted to head up the Washington, D.C.I., D.C. FBI field office just in time for January 6th. So he had... He, he knew what he was doing. This guy was trained. He was, he was prepped. Now, in exchange for his work, Chappelle, the FBI paid Chappelle at least 54K in cash. $54,000 in cash. I can't even get to, into all the details because I'll never get it. I'll never get it all in before the end of the hour. And we got to get on to other stories. But this story is so unbelievably bizarre. It makes you understand how January 6th could happen as a false flag operation of the FBI. Unbelievable stuff that was going on. Uh, I mean, stuff like uh, the informants, including Chappelle, violated FBI protocol by getting drunk and high on drugs with their targets numerous times, sleeping in the same hotel, uh, ways to advance the kidnapping uh, planned out all the time. Chappelle took an oath to join a separate group called the 3% Patriot Militia. That was fabricated by the FBI, another group fabricated by the FBI. And then they convinced, you know, Captain Autism, this guy Fox, to become the head of the Michigan chapter, all in an effort to have them believe that Chappelle is part of this militia movement when he was an FBI informant directing this whole crazy thing. All right, you know... <laughs> The, the behind-the-scenes machinations were disclosed when the defense uncovered hundreds of communications between the agents and informants that showed how they guided the plot every step of the way. And at one point, uh, one of the texts shows that the FBI and Chappelle attempted to lure a disabled Vietnam veteran, a war veteran named Frank, into initiating a similar, similar plan against Virginia Governor Ralph Northam. These people were totally out of control, all in their hopes of smearing uh, groups of of, uh, patriotic Americans and calling them white supremacists, whatever. 
Now, despite the FBI's best efforts, the group of so-called kidnappers started to disband by August 20th, uh, August of 2020. And Chappelle was wondering, how am I going to put more pressure on these guys so nobody will break off? And, and so to rally these, the increasingly uninterested group, he proposed firing live rounds into Whitmer's cottage and the residences of other governors and sending the shell casings to reporters. I mean, this is just unbelievable. Uh, if that wasn't enough, they decided that they were going to, um, they were going to blow up uh, a Chevy Tahoe. And of course, as a way to demonstrate their credentials, but the, vi- the whole thing was produced by the FBI. The video was produced by the FBI. So, yeah. Now, the FBI informants and this guy called Red took their targets on a reconnaissance mission. And this whole thing went down. They drove them into the location of the FBI arrest point in Ypsilanti. Uh, the uh, members of the FBI hostage rescue team were there waiting. But even at that, things went downhill. Even they were trying to convince these guys, oh, you got to stay together. We got to do this. What was the point at this at this time? Well, finally, it got to trial by the time it went to trial. And I want to get to this because this is really something else. Went to trial in Western Michigan in March of 2022. Two of the guys had accepted plea offers at plea offers and planned to testify against their remaining four co-defendants. Judge Robert Junker allowed the defense to raise the entrapment issue, but only after the government presented its case. But that did not last beyond the first day as defense attorneys struggled during opening remarks to explain their client's behavior without mentioning the key role of the FBI informants and agents. So Jonker suspended his own order, at which point the FBI essentially went on trial. And that trial lasted four weeks. And prosecutors insisted the defendants were solely responsible for conceiving the plan. But the evidence was there. The evidence was there, and Chappelle took the stand for the prosecution, but his testimony backfired because his role in the plot came into clear view. He was an informant, and he wanted a job in law enforcement, and he did whatever they told him to do, including putting together this phony plot as a dress rehearsal for January 6th. Whether they knew it at the time or not, it it pretty much predicted that's what was going to happen. Now, the jury, as I said, could not reach a unanimous verdict, so it resulted in a mistrial, which was a shocking blow to the government because they usually, they usually had a 90% conviction rate. So the defendants were delighted. However, the prosecution went back in for another bite at the apple, and a very different version of Judge Jonker appeared on the bench in August. He got the message. He got the message from the hires up, higher ups, and there were open hostilities between him and the defense attorneys. And at one time, he took the rare step of setting a time limit for cross-examination of a key government witness, and he refused to allow defense attorneys to interview a juror who was suspected of bias against the defendants based on comments he had made to co-workers during jury selection and his affiliation with Black Lives Matter. Now, how think how do you think he was going to be objective in a case where they were trying to prove white supremacists? Well, of course, the conviction came down because it was very, very, a very different trial. And Junker repeatedly admonished the lawyers in front of the jury. And, of course, the jurors just tuned out. And over objections by the defense, Jonker kept the man on the jury. In fact, 
he became the foreman. The Black Lives Matter guy. Ah, uh, this is this is a dirty, dirty, dirty thing. If you want to read the whole thing, if there's no way I can get to all of it. And boy, the pressure was put on the judge. The recent verdict for the last three defendants charged in the Michigan case may add weight to the appeal because a jury in September 2023 found William Null, his brother Michael Null, and their co-defendant Eric Molitor not guilty of providing material support to an act of terror and illegally possessing firearms. The acquittals, these acquittals represented another blow to the overall case and a terrible showing by the government. Of the ten defendants who went to trial, five were found not guilty. Two were convicted after a second trial. Four others pleaded guilty, outcomes that represent a poor showing for both the DOJ and the Michigan Attorney General. How sad that our system of justice... I mean, we can we can withstand all the partisan politics in the world. We can't withstand two things, a biased system of justice and a biased news media that will not report honestly on these things. Check it out at realclearinvestigations.com. The FBI tainted Whitmer plot. You want to get even deeper into the weeds? I mean, I, I tried, but there's so much to it. There's so much to it that is so wrong so wrong so you just extrapolate that over to trump and you see what's happening to trump disgusting all right we'll be back gotta take a break for the news we'll be right back on the ross report don't go away